HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by The Great Grow Along. Sign up at greatgrowalong.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're sipping on stories about how access, legislation, and circumstance affect what we drink. I think now it's really changing that there's a growing excitement about drinks that are zero-proof and alcoholic. So it just felt like kind of a very good timing. This plant's been around for millions of years, and uh, I just think that it's so special, so uniquely uh, American and pre-American, that it just should have a very prominent place in our society, you know, for a lot of different reasons. It is helpful to be able to sell one drink. It would be more helpful to be able to sell two or three at a time. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber. Welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode shines a light on canned food. Throughout the development of The Shameless Chef, I gradually evolved into somewhat of a purist on food ingredients and preparation. I thought that the only way to prepare anything was with fresh ingredients. As I was reviewing the script for an upcoming program one afternoon, I was rather surprised that Michael was talking about canned foods. Then I remember asking him once if he really used canned anything. He said, some canned foods are good and some are not so good. He then turned towards the refrigerator and pulled out a container and said, here, try this. It was a tuna salad that he had prepared and it was the best I'd ever had. It was fantastic. He looked at me with a wry smile and said, canned tuna. Of course, he had spruced it up with onions and pickles and sour cream, lemon, fresh dill, and a few other things. I said, Michael, that is delicious. And he said, anything can be delicious if you just add a little imagination. Attitudinizing is very prevalent when it comes to food, and prejudice is rampant. You hear, I never serve anything but fresh vegetables. Fine. 
The only canned things I have in my house are soup and coffee. Now there I balk. Tinned or canned foods can be wondrous. This is the shameless chef. I'll tell you why. Canned foods are nifty. Not all of them, mind you. I happen to loathe a miserable concoction called fruit cocktail, but, but let's move on. Canned peas, for instance, just forget that they have any relation whatsoever to the fresh or frozen type because they don't. Most prepared or convenience foods are really quite good when you add your own touches. Just think of things in cans as an opportunity for imagination. Here are some touches you might want to employ to enliven canned food. Uh, chill canned pears, but add some fresh mint leaves while they're chilling. Or pour a little grenadine syrup over canned peaches as they're chilling. Canned cherries are surprising when chilled with a dash of muscatel wine and served with a garnish of lemon slice. Canned fruit generally should be served cold. Now consider to prepared biscuit mix. Wonderful if you don't leave it alone. Add any of the following. Uh, grated Parmesan cheese, caraway seeds, uh, poppy seeds, uh, pine nuts, grated orange peel, uh, some almond flavoring. Everyone will think you made your own biscuits from scratch. And by the way, whoever said that baking anything from scratch was a virtue? I'd love to market a product called Scratch and see how it would sell to the kitchen snobs. But in a word, don't sneer at convenience foods. Employ them for the time and effort they save, but add your own touches. I do, and it works. That's why I guess I'm called the Shameless Chef, otherwise named Michael A. Davenport. Salute. Take two cups of scratch, add a quarter cup of ammo bread. Pineapple is wonderful, certainly one of the blessings of the tropical islands. But there's a great deal more you can do with pineapple than slap it in an upside down cake or perch it on top of a baked ham. This is the shameless chef. I don't think there's anything shameless about being an admitted fan of pineapple, is there? Here's a proviso. Uh, I went on and on a while back about bananas, and I allowed as how I was not being encouraged by the International Banana Council. The same is true of pineapple. No one's promised me a hibiscus lay. I happen to be genuinely fond of the pineapple and what it can do for a lot of foods. Before I name a few, let me say a word about canned and fresh pineapple. Simply this. Consider them as two entirely different fruits. Recipes calling for pineapple, including those coming up, do not mean that you can use canned and fresh pineapple interchangeably. Consider that canned pineapple is being cooked as part of the canning process, so you use it differently than you would fresh pineapple. A, a parallel would be the difference between, say, a, a fresh apple and um, applesauce. If you've been of the opinion that pineapple slices make a good base for cottage cheese salad, or that it's merely something that you put into fruitcake, here are some other possible variations. Using a can of pineapple tidbits and draining the juice, cook the pineapple in barbecue sauce until it glazes, and then serve the nibbles on toothpicks as appetizers. Oh yes, you can use the drained pineapple juice as the base for barbecue sauce as well. Anytime. Whenever you're preparing a simple cookie or cake recipe, use pineapple juice instead of water. You got finicky kids about cooked breakfast food? Well, spike their oatmeal with crushed pineapple and watch out for the gimlet eye. <laughs> These are all things that you can do with canned pineapple, to which you might add putting pineapple in green beans sometimes, or in an omelet. As for fresh pineapple, I can think of no better way to eat it than just as you get it in the market, peeled, cored, chilled, and savored. <laughs> One final pineapple handy-dandy, you can use crushed pineapple as a marinade for meat. 
the enzymes in the pineapple will tenderize the meat. Mm -hmm. So don't leave the meat in too long or it'll tenderize too much. Michael A. Davenport here. As they say, aloha nui oi. Stay with us for more of The Shameless Chef after a short break. This episode is brought to you by The Great Grow Along, a three-day hosted virtual garden festival connecting you with the influencers, tastemakers, and cutting-edge content of today's gardening world. The Great Grow Along will feature 40-plus sessions on topics ranging from houseplants to DIY landscaping. New plant parents and first-time gardeners will gain practical advice and creative inspiration from celebrated garden experts and industry leaders. Costing $29.95, tickets allow attendees to mix and match a wide range of sessions, or choose to follow one of the conference's six tracks, which include edible gardening, urban gardening, pollinators and plants, DIY landscaping, houseplants, and dig deeper. The Great Grow Along will take place March 19th through 21st, 2021. Sign up at greatgrowalong.com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. From time to time, you've heard me sing the praises of canned food. By and large, that miracle of food processing makes it possible for us to have a larder of goodies always on hand for emergencies or when the imagination is out to lunch. Uh, this is The Shameless Chef. I want to tell you about something special to make out of canned clams. I don't understand people who make statements like, I wouldn't be caught dead with anything canned in my house. Yeah, there are those who say such, and probably with good reason, but I, I can't fathom it. Not all canned foods are necessarily good. I could give you a long list of them that I won't even look at on the grocery shelf. But the percentage of canned things that are good is high, high above those that are dreadful. And after all, it's not just a matter of taste, it's what you do with the canned things, like canned clams. Now consider, they're modest in price, the minced kind, and that's what we'll aim our, our can opener at. Now here's a great lunch, or a main course, or a light supper. It's hard to beat, and, and nearly instant for a hungry family anytime, or hungry friends who always happen to be on hand and hungry with some reason or another. Now you'll need a bowl for mixing. Add about uh, six individual casserole dishes, or ramekins, you know, a can of clams, some hard-boiled eggs, chopped onion, and chopped green peppers. If you haven't got hard-boiled eggs, we'll boil them, three of them, while you saute the chopped onion and the pepper in butter. Mix the chopped eggs, the onions, the pepper, and the can of clams. Don't drain them, by the way. Keep the moisture. Along with some salt and pepper, about a half a cup of cream. You put this mixture in the ramekins. You top with breadcrumbs, chopped parsley, and dots of butter. And you put all this in a medium oven until the top is brown. It takes about 20 minutes, I guess. Quick, easy, and tasty. You serve this with some crusty bread and a salad, and it's a quick meal. Shouldn't take you more than a half hour to whip together. Now, I'll repeat for those who got caught in a traffic jam a second ago. You mix sautéed onions and green peppers with chopped hard-boiled eggs and a can of clams with the juice, some salt and pepper. Put it into ramekins, individual servers. Top it with breadcrumbs, parsley and butter. Bake in a moderate oven until the top is brown. Got it? The proportions can be baguette and bagage, really. They're not that important. 
See, that's one of the reasons for keeping a variety of canned things on hand. You never know when hunger and guests will strike. <laughs> Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef. Bon appetit. Some phrases pop up in our language and stick, like uh, busy as a cranberry merchant. I don't know where the line comes from, and some erudite listener can probably enlighten me. I suppose it's because the big, really big time for cranberries is during the holidays to accompany the traditional end-of-the-year bird. Oh, this is the shameless chef. That cranberries should be limited to November and December, I think, is a, a pity. If my supposition is true that cranberry merchants are frantically busy around holiday time, well, what do they do during the rest of the year? Uh, wouldn't they be well advised to spend all that free time promoting cranberries for any time of the year? And with almost any dish you can think of. You know, I'll probably get letters from all manner of people ranging from those who share my passion for the cranberry to the National Association of Cranberryites, if such there be, and all letters are welcome. Oh, especially letters with recipes for cranberries. Now, I've got a bunch of them tucked away in a notebook. If you drop me a note here at the station, I'll be happy to send them to you. For this edition, however, let's consider some of the following. Now, cranberries don't always appear in the local produce markets in their original fresh-from-the-bush state. But they are available year-round in cans bearing various companies' labels. Handy, like, like all canned foods. Usually you'll find cranberries either in jelly form or in sauce, a kind of a cranberry marmalade. Yes, you can serve it that way. It's particularly good on English muffins. But whether you buy your cranberries canned or fresh, how's about, uh, well, here's some ways to serve them. Ever tried a, uh, a cranberry souffle? Hmm? Uh, a regular souffle recipe with cranberries, fresh or canned, added for both flavor and color. Then you can thin cranberry sauce slightly and serve it over other fruit, like peaches or pears, or combine it with puddings, or, or over cakes. Ever tried a cranberry sundae? Nifty. Uh, then there are cranberry pancakes and muffins, and many a cookbook has a recipe for cranberry bread, and it's very good. Cranberry sauce is even good over fish if it, the cranberry sauce is not too sweet. I recall reading somewhere in some nostalgic toma a rustic tale of stringing cranberries and hanging them on the Christmas tree. <laughs> Golly, what a waste. When cranberries are so good on the table. Michael A. Davenport here, the shameless chef. Oh, about that busy cranberry merchant. <laughs> May he be rich and famous. Please subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.